This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the currently unnamed Fantasy Hockey Pool podcast that we're recording. My name is Elon Dubrowski, and with me is my good friend, Brian Com. Hi, everybody. So, Brian, tell everyone your amazing credentials. Oh, well, they're not really so amazing. Uh, I used to host a little show called Dauber Nation. You might have heard of it. You might have downloaded it on DauberHockey.com, which I still frequent. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess one of your main credentials, as far as I'm concerned, is you've won our hockey pool like three years in a row at one point. Oh, yeah. The, the piece of cake. You're no competition for me. Uh. You're my go-to guy for fantasy advice, so I assumed maybe everyone out there in podcast land might benefit from your advice, so that's why we decided to put this podcast together. I think you just wanted an excuse to be able to ask for advice every week. This is just a friend. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a selfish endeavor for you. Okay, well, if, as long as it helps one person, then it's worth it, even if that person is me. And would you, would you like to share your credentials? You aren't some nobody yourself. Um, I'm a person... I'm a, I'm a podcaster, if that's worth something. As far as fantasy hockey goes, I'm pretty new to it, but I've been trying my best to get up to speed here. I want to win my pool this year very badly. and That's, like you said, a big reason why I want to do this. Um, but yeah, also I have a podcast called The Reality Check, which you can check out. It's about science and critical thinking. Boring. So it's, yeah, it's probably not much crossover, but that's okay. I only like hockey. Hockey's the only important thing in life. What are those shirts that Canadians wear? Like... Life Eat, sleep, just... hockey. <laughs> or something like time spent playing hockey or watching hockey doesn't count towards your lifespan. I've never seen that. I, or uh, maybe maybe it would just say hockey, eh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, let's start by... Let's just get into it, okay? We got a lot okay, to talk tell, about. Tell, no tell one me wants you... to hear this banter. Our banter's tell, pretty bad. <laughs> tell me about your pool. What kind of pool are you in? All right, so I am in a keeper pool. This is our second year so last year was the first year and we just had our draft for our second year so it's one of these head-to-head pools so every week we play you play against someone else in your pool and we compete in these different categories i'm sure you'll know all the fancy terms for all this i know there's right. a roto i think it's yeah. a roto what, what are the categories in your pool and, and how many players on your roster right so the categories are goals assists shots power play points or actually we just changed it this year to special teams points uh, defense points is a category, which I think is pretty uncommon from what I've read. But yeah, so that's just like the defense competing against each other. And then there's two goalie categories, wins and save percentage. And we each have, we each have a 20-man roster. And we are we have to have specific positions filled. So we have to have four left wings, four right wing, four center, six defense, and two goalies. Okay, and how many keepers do you, do you have? Oh, it was a seven... Seven keepers, four forwards, and two defense, and a goalie. So I could tell you who I kept. Yeah, please. 
So in my situation, so last year actually I had a pretty good team. I thought that when the year started, I really thought I had a good chance to win. My top pick though, Eric Carlson, who I picked so high because of this like defense category, I assumed that he would, you know, be really valuable for a lot of these different categories. Um, but yeah, he got injured, as everyone remembers. That was a heartbreaking day, and after that, things sort of went down the toilet. But this year is looking really good because I have Carlson as one of my keepers. My other defense wasn't that strong, but I got I was able to keep Dennis Weidman, who right now seems to be getting top minutes on Calgary. Yeah, he's got lots of shots, no points yet, but we'll hopefully he'll pick it up. And then my forwards that I kept were uh, Phil Kessel, Martin St. Louis, Henrik Zetterberg, and then I was kind of deciding on my fourth one. I had available Joe Thornton, Patrick Eliash, and Brad Marchand. I ended up keeping Eliash, and now I'm a little concerned about that choice because after two games, he doesn't seem to be doing very much, but hopefully that'll change. What do you think? Do you think Patrick Eliash is going to turn it around? Well, maybe, but I think you probably should have kept Thornton. I think the the Sharks are already showing, like, they, you can already see that they're a higher scoring team, like, traditionally than the Devils. And this year, already, they've already gone out and scored a bunch. So top line minutes on a scoring team like the Sharks beats top line minutes on the Devils, I think, any day. Yeah. Uh, well, should, we should have done this podcast sooner. But one of the reasons that I wanted to keep Eliash was because he's a left winger. And I found last year, at least... I always found it really difficult to find good left wingers on the waiver wire, but there were always good centers and right wings available. So I thought it would be more valuable to have a left winger. Is there any credence to that strategy? Yeah, for sure. If you need to fill a certain amount of center slots, um, you have to take position into account. So now knowing that you needed to have that position filled, I understand a little more why why you chose Eliash. So you just, I guess, have to hope he continues to not age anymore yes because how yeah. old is he i mean how many more years of a keeper do you have him for right realistically? well my plan is to dump him after this year so in my draft this he- year one of my top forward picks was evander kane and i'm planning to ride him as my new left wing keeper so very good choice wow yeah yeah especially for this pool because shots is one of the categories and he's killing it there but it also seems he's killing it just in offensive categories. Earlier this week against Los Angeles, he got a goal and an assist, and two assists. So he's killing it so far. Between Evander Kane and Eric Carlson, you're going to have no problem with shots. They both get plenty of time and, and aren't shy at putting pucks on the net. That's what their coaches like about them. Right, yeah. And also I have Henrik Zetterberg, who, has, who just got 10 shots earlier this week against Carolina. So he's, he's a shot machine. Shot machine, like you at the bar. <laughs> okay. No more of those ever, please. <laughs> I just think that all the listeners, all of our zero listeners just stop listening. Okay. Understood. The other decision I had to make was of my two crappy goalies. I don't even know how I got into that position, but I had Nicholas Backstrom and Cam Ward, and I had to pick one of them to keep. Well, so... that's because you, you thought Cam Ward was still really good. Yeah, the first year wasn't the best drafting. And Cam Ward also just got injured all year. So that whole last year was a mess. I had James Reimer at one point last year, but, and I thought he would be a good keeper, but then now Toronto has two goalies, which means Reimer doesn't get very much play. What are your thoughts on Toronto's goalie situation? Well, actually, I had Jonathan Bernier. I picked him up. I was out of the playoffs. It was a playoff week in my pool last year. 
I picked him up for nothing. I dropped whoever, just in case he might finally be in a position to get a starting job for the next year. I was thinking ahead because my own goalie keeper situation has always been really rocky. I always pick the wrong guy uh, to put uh, who, whose basket I put my eggs in. No, I always pick the wrong guy. So Bernie, it was like an insurance policy. Maybe he'll get traded to a team where he'll be an undisputed number one. I came close, but again, I didn't end up keeping him because uh, for the same reasons you didn't keep Reimer. It just wasn't clear. It seems like they want him to start. When the Leafs played Ottawa, I think Reimer was pulled after like 15 shots and he gave up four goals. Okay, but I think if if the backup is like Jonas Gustafsson or something, uh, Reimer probably stays in net, but I think they're going to give Bernier every chance they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, poor Reimer. He was looking good as the future of Toronto goaltending, and now he's got a big battle in front of him. Yeah, really silly. It kind of reminds me of what the Flyers did when they signed Brizgalov, and they had Bobrovsky. And, I mean, nobody knew Bobrovsky would be as good as he was, but he was steady. He was solid. He was a rookie. Uh, he put in time. And they finally had a goalie that they in their organization for the first time in a long time. And then they signed Brizgalov out of nowhere, maybe the one time that they don't need to sign a goalie. So anyway, I don't, maybe Bernie is an improvement, maybe not. But either way, it's the same thing. Like, uh, it's it's better to stay away from those two. Yeah, there's a lot. It seems like this year there's a lot of these goalie tandems that make it difficult to choose from because like Anaheim has Fast and and Hiller, and then there's Philadelphia with Mason and Emery. Like, are there any of these tandems that you think are going to by the end of the year? become a clear-cut number one, number two goalie? Well, Halak is off to a really good start in St. Louis, and I think Brian Elliott is good. I mean, it's never really been clear, I don't think, how much is him and how much is the system he plays in. He's got great team defense in front of him, and it's been hard to really tell how good he really is. I think Halak is probably the better goalie, and I think over time, if Halak plays enough, he'll show it. I mean, I think he stayed in St. Louis. Everybody's talking about where he spent his summer and how hard he worked. So maybe he took things really seriously. Like, it's probably not the first time he did, but this is what the, the, the news reports say. And right now, I think he's he's taken it and running with it. But again, this is like two games into the season, and he shut out the Florida Panthers. So let's not jump, jump the <laughs> right. gun here. Yeah. I guess we should, like, mention, like, our plan is to do this every week. So we'll be giving you up-to-the-minute news every uh, Sunday after a big day of Saturday Night Hockey, so we'll have more games to report on next week. But it's still really useful at the beginning of the pool, because I feel like now's the time that you could sort of grab people that maybe weren't drafted yet that will be picked up very soon once people see that they're good and the season gets rolling. Yeah, and some of them are already gone. Like, maybe, should I should I tell you about my league so, so you know a little bit and I can start referencing what happens in it? With, sure. Like, under so... In my league, the people who have already been picked up include, uh, let me, I'm just pulling up the list here. Uh, I grabbed Chris Versteeg uh, after I heard Ryan Strom was being sent down. Uh, to Ryan Strom was not going to make the Islanders. Uh, but I missed out on Thomas Hurdle uh, early on, who is somebody that I would have liked to have. Uh, other guys who are already gone that you mm. consider... So Thomas Hur Sorry, I need to interrupt you right now because Thomas Hurdle is still available in my league at this point. What Do you think he would be a good pickup? Yeah, I do. He's playing on the first line and he's getting power play time. And he just scored 
two goals. Oh boy. I mean, it's it, with him, I think people are expecting, like, it's the first, he's a prospect and he's in San Jose and he's got really good support and they're putting him in a top six position right away. And if you think of the top six players in, in San Jose, I mean, everybody is offensively capable. They've never really been a team strapped for scoring. So Thomas Hurdle having a fresh, he, he's Czech, having, having a Czech prospect on that team, playing in the top six, getting power play minutes, I think is, is, is a good thing. He's only a center, which is his limiting point. And Chris Versteeg, who I did get, is a left wing and right wing. This is very interesting. Now, now that we're sort of talking about this, I want to actually bring up another guy who I'm wondering if he was already picked up in your league or not. Has anyone grabbed this Alex Chason from Dallas? Because he seems to score every single game he plays. Yeah, Alex Chason was actually just picked up like yesterday in my league. What do you think about him? So his lifetime shooting percentage, I've, I've got it right here, is 42%. Like he's, I guess he's born in 1990, so that makes him like 23. So he's a bit old for a rookie player. He's got nine games under his belt in the NHL. Uh, last year, he got six goals in the seven games that he played. And then he got injured for the year. Well, and when you pick up Alex Chason or anybody with similar stats, the problem is that you might have picked them up too late because if they have no body of work that you can judge them from and they're on a hot streak, like say even Thomas Hurdle would qualify for this. Like We don't know what to expect long-term from him. So if he's on a streak... And if he's put up like a really good, if he's scoring at a really good rate and you pick him up and it's, it's likely if we, if he's never done this before, or he's just starting out that his production will drop. Well, yeah, I assume that Chason isn't going to get 82 goals this year. Yeah, but, but not everybody does. I don't think, I mean, again, like, I don't think the average person who picks him up would know that in the NHL, in his entire career, he has taken 19 shots on goal, and he's scored on eight of them. So that's impossible to keep up. Right. So if I'm like, if I'm in a really deep league and I've got someone injured, then you know I'll pick him up and see how long it lasts. If it's like a real depth position, but otherwise I wouldn't like I wouldn't drop anybody who's a reliable like even like a 15 or 20, definitely not a 20 goal scorer, but like. Even, like, someone in the 10-15 goal range, I wouldn't drop necessarily for Chase on. Okay. And another hot guy that I'm noticing in my watch list, and I guess you were in the middle of talking about your pool, so I'll let you get back to that. But quickly, you got to say what you think about Damian Brunner, because he's got 12 shots on goal, two goals in two games. Like, it's pretty good for only two games. And he's getting picked up like crazy in other leagues, as I could see here on ESPN. I don't know what to think of Damian Brunner. I mean, he probably should have been signed a lot sooner and probably for more than he signed for. I mean, he signed on a, on a tryout with the devils and then signed a multi-year deal, which I don't think happens too often. Usually if a player goes on a tryout, they end up with a one-year deal, but the devils, they lost Kovalchuk. They lost Clarkson the year before they lost Parise. Like they need to find someone. So it seems like a pretty natural fit and he'll be a go-to guy along with Michael Ryder to score goals, which I mean, isn't the best situation for the devils, but if you want to own Brunner, you know that they're going to trust him with like important minutes. They'll try and play him against weaker competition. He'll get top-line power play time. And again, the Devils are a conservative scoring team. But someone has to score the goals. Kovalchuk still put up great numbers as a member of the Devils. So not saying that Brunner is as good as Kovalchuk, but so far 
through two games, he has 12 shots on goal and two goals, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 12 shots on goal and two goals. So last year, I guess he would have been on pace for about 20, 24 goals with, with the Red Wings. So maybe he can get 20 this year. It seems reasonable um, the way that with, with the amount of time he's getting. Okay. But he, interesting. So, but like compared to Hurdle, you think Hurdle has a bigger upside just because he's on a more offensive team? It's so hard to say with a new guy, right? I think, no, I mean, Hurdle and Brunner is way different than Thornton and Eliash because they've both, both been with their teams for so long. And they have their roles and they have their, we, we know what they're going to do for the most part, even though they're getting older, we know to expect a bit of a decrease, but Brenner and Hurdle are both fairly new players with short careers on brand new teams. So we don't know how they're going to be used, but right now it looks like they're both getting top building. Brenner's a little older, so maybe it's fair to expect a, a little better production from him, but Hurdle might have better line mates if he stays in the top six I mean the thing with rookies is if they go pointless for you know five or six games they tend to fall down the depth chart pretty quickly on most teams right so you kind of want to ride them while they're hot and then drop them once you see they are being getting less minutes right and I mean obviously he's gonna hit at at least at some point during the season a dry spell Brenner is a more reliable pick I would say all right, I have so many more names I want to throw at you, but maybe you should get back to just describing your pool quickly. Okay, my pool is a 20-team head-to-head league. Uh, in the categories, we actually wiped out penalty minutes this year, which I think is a bit of a trend. We still have, well, I'll, I'll tell you the categories. We have goals, assists, plus-minus, power play goals, power play assists, game-winning goals, Shots on goal and blocks are the skater categories. And for goalies, it's win, goals against, average, saves, save percentage, and shutouts. I think I said there were 20 teams. There's 20 men, 20 men rosters, 14 teams. Uh, and it's a really deep and serious and competitive pool. I've not had a ton of success in it over the last few years. We get to keep four players. One has to be a forward, one has to be a defenseman, one has to be a goalie. So who did you keep last year? So, like, going into this year, well, when I entered the pool, like, four years ago, maybe, in my first draft, I I didn't have much to work with. I think my keepers were, like, Cam Ward and Daniel Alfredson and Zeno Chara, which, like, not bad, but not great, especially the way Ward played. So... I grabbed Patrick Kane in, as my first pick ever in the league. And so I still have him, which I'm very proud of. Uh, so he's one. Uh, and then another is Eric Carlson, just like oh, you. yeah. Maybe that should be like the name, like Carlson Keepers. <laughs> that could be the name of our, pool, of our podcast? Ke- Keeping Carlson. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good That's, to me. All right. Keeping Carlson. So who, who have I said? Kane, Carlson... My goalie is Semyon Varlamov. Really? Yeah. So my keeper for a while, I actually bounced between Ward and Vokun for a couple years. And then I picked up Michael Newverth once Varlamov got traded to the Avs. Because I thought like Washington was on the way up. Ovechkin, Semin, Backstrom, like Green, they're rolling. But I mean, they haven't been as successful as they were 
uh, at the time that I picked Neuwirth. And And that was before Holtby emerged as the starter? And that was before, just as Holtby, I think. Like, nobody knew Holtby's name. I don't even know who might have been Neuwirth's backup at the time. But regardless, um, Neuwirth blew it. He he had his chance, I think. And I don't even think... I think he ended up splitting time with whoever. Yeah, so I ended up grabbing Varlamov a couple years ago and I, I, I'm not big on him at all but this year he's off to a great start and I'm hoping like the abs have no defense so that's not a positive I'd like a better goalie so this year I picked up Devin Dubnik oh boy yeah that didn't go so well or it's not going so well of course yes yeah, Edmonton is getting lit up so far at least in these first two games yeah and you think I'd like, I'd have figured it out, because my issue with Varlamov, well, he gets injured a little bit. He hasn't been able to play consistently at a high level. He had a bad season last year. And so you'd think I'd go for someone, like, a little more steady. Uh, but no, I went with Dubnik, who's sort of, like... Well, is that in... a regret? Like, who else did you have available that you could have taken instead? Well, so, I mean, in my league, there's 14 teams, and every team keeps a goalie. So a lot of the guys were already gone. Um, I was hoping somebody, there's somebody in the pool who had Corey Schneider, and I was hoping that he wouldn't be patient enough. And he had Holtby also, so I, I was hoping he'd keep Holtby. But he kept uh, he kept Schneider. So these are the goalies that were, and goalies go right away in the first round. If you need a goalie, you need a mm-hmm. goalie. So I was picking Well, yeah, seven. in my pool, let me just throw in quickly that in my pool, remember how I told you Backstrom was my keeper. So I had, in my first pick this year, I took Antiniemi, who, is plan- who I'm planning on being now my keeper that I'll ride for a long time. And so oh, far, he's been working well for me. Who inspired that pick? Was it you? Did you give me that advice? Well, I had, I rode him last year. Oh, really? Oh, was, yes, in our pool, yeah. So we should also mention, Brian used to be in my pool, but he left because he lives in Japan now. I was mocked for drafting him. Anyway, so oh, the, goalies, the goalies that were chosen before me I, were Craig Anderson was the first to go, who I wouldn't have chosen because I'm looking for a younger guy. Bobrovsky mm-hmm. was taken next, who like was the one I'd like the most. But do you think Bobrovsky will be able to be as good as he was last year I on a no team idea. like Columbus? I have no idea, but I was willing to take a risk that if he was that good, right? So then uh, Nicholas Backstrom was taken, who I wasn't planning on taking anyway, because again, I need Young. Uh, And then I took Dubnik. So the goalies that I passed up for Dubnik were Holtby, Ryan Miller, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, Jonas Hiller, uh, Halak, Pavlich. And then, but that that's about it. Those are like the only legitimate goalies that were left. So maybe like five. And you need a number one because my league count saves. So if you have a goalie who plays really well but is in a tandem uh, and isn't guaranteed time, then they don't get the saves and you don't win the category. Right. Okay, so I have to ask that at this point, at least two games into the season, maybe a lot of people were discounting Marc-Andre Fleury after the playoffs last year. But so far he's got a shutout and one goal against in his first two games this season. Are you regretting not picking him up? No, I'm not regretting him. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not regretting it at all. I don't, He's going to get so many wins. Pittsburgh's amazing. Assuming he continues to be the starter through the whole year, I think, you know, last year, faith started to be shaken a little bit. And, you know, it's not going to take, you know, they used to take play him 60, 65 games and have no questions. Just, you know, trust that he'd be there. 
Um, but I think last year when they saw like what Vokun was able to do, they started becoming a little more open to the idea of having somebody different be their number one goalie. So the, I don't regret not taking Flurry. I mean, if you look at the list, it's it's Holtby, Miller, Flurry, and Hiller. Really, were the were the options, and Hiller's in a tandem. Uh, Flurry, I don't I I don't trust. I mean, I, I see him being in a tandem within the next year or two. I don't think he's going to be the lone starter the way he has been. Uh, Miller's on a weak team, but he's off to a good start, and Holtby's on a strong team, but he's not off to a good start either. He's been pulled for Neuwirth already. He and Dubnik have been about the same. So I don't know. I don't know. Right now it seems like Varlamov might stay my keeper, but again, you Dubnik It's a long and, season. Yeah, it's a long season and Dubnik and Varlamov really have the same strengths and weaknesses. They're both young. They both like have showed promise. They they both seem like capable goalies. Dubnik has has a better body of work than Varlamov so far in his career. Well, they both play on young teams with little to no defense. Yeah, the thing that I find interesting is I'm actually surprised Colorado, I guess, didn't do so well last year, and people aren't projecting them to do well this year. When you look at their team, at least to me as a fantasy hockey person or someone who's learning about fantasy hockey, maybe I'm not actually watching their games, they seem like they should be a really strong team. Like They have so many good forwards. Duchesne, you know, Stastny, P.A. Parento... Um, like the list goes on, I, I forget right now off the top of my oh O'Reilly, like Downey. They just seem to have a lot of strong players. So I feel like Colorado has a chance to be really good this year, and obviously that benefits Varlamov. Yeah, but they're they're good down the middle. Stasny, O'Reilly, McKinnon, and Duchesne. Oh, McKinnon, I left out. Yeah, Stasny. are their top are their top four centers as far as winner, wingers go? They've got Parento and Landeskog. Uh, and then those are the only guys I think who'd really think are high quality. And then what about Tongue. O'Reilly? O'Reilly plays well. I mean, he's he's both. He he, he can move to the wing too. Mm. But as far as natural wingers, which doesn't mean much. I mean, move lineups around over the course of the season. Um, but their their strong players are strong. But if you look at their depth, I mean, they have um, you know John Mitchell in the lineup and Cody McLeod and and I think his name is. Patrick Bordalo, and uh, I'm trying to figure. Uh, I'm just looking at depths right now. But I mean, their defense is is the problem. It's not their offense. Right. I mean, they're giving top minutes. I think their top minute getter in their first game of the season was Andre Benoit, who maybe only Sens fans know. Uh, he had like occasional ice time with the Sens last year, and they waived him, or they or or he was like released as a unrestricted free agent like didn't try to resign him and the Sens aren't known for being a deep team on defense so somebody who wasn't good enough for Ottawa is um, the top guy on Colorado I see what is, you're saying is suddenly getting top minutes on Colorado yeah I think they'll be an interesting team to watch like I guess you're right I'm looking now at Varlamov's numbers and he's been playing amazing so far in his two games but you're right like his team is letting in a lot of shots so maybe at some point he won't be able to stand up to all of them Unlikely. Man, 35 saves against Anaheim in the first game of the year. And he lost the shutout with seven seconds left. Oh, yes, to Silverberg, former senator. And for my last keeper was supposed to be Ilya Kovalchuk, who I traded. Oh, no. Yeah, I traded Ryan. I picked Ryan Nugent Hopkins last, dead last in a draft 
like I guess two years ago, somebody offered me like Kovalchuk gets laughing Chara. For, just for Nugent Hopkins. Just for Nugent Hopkins. And I was ready to make a playoff run. My goaltending let me down in the end. Uh, but I took the trade and I'm like, well, Kovalchuk, I'll have him as a keeper. Like Kane is my other one. So I'm not worried about his age. So Kovalchuk retired. And so I was stuck choosing between who was left on my roster. Had I known that Kovalchuk was retiring, I wouldn't have traded away like Pavel Datsuk and Jacob Voracek at the end of the season for draft picks. Like I had a great roster uh, and I threw it all away for draft picks, assuming that everything would be okay. Like who, who knew, right? So who did you end up keeping? I kept Louis Erickson. Well, okay. How's he doing so far? He hasn't done, he hasn't done much, but like, I think he'll be okay. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it he's not Kovalchuk I don't think like Kovalchuk could put in like could put up you know six to eight shots a night and you know 30 40 goals I don't think Louis Erickson is going like maybe he'll do half that you know he'll three like three to five shots a night yeah so far he's played two games and he has six shots no points so that's on good nights and I mean, he's on. He's going to a new team. I don't know where he really fits in with the Bruins. They're looking for scoring. Obviously, they traded him for one of their... They traded for him. They traded away one of their top scorers. So going into my draft, I had two, two things to take care of. I needed a goalie because I didn't trust Varlamov. Uh, and I needed to replace my keeper because I didn't think Louis... Louis Erickson's good, but not, not a keeper to me. So uh, to my happiness in in the second round by the time it it rolled back around to me I'm trying to figure out what pick number it was um 22nd overall I was still able to grab who was like my second or third choice of all the players available I was able to grab Tyler Sagan to be Uh my to be my future keeper which is really great like he's young um he's on a team that's young and yeah, well, he's definitely going to have all of the opportunities on Dallas. Yeah, and, like, they're probably getting better, too. I mean, everything seems to be going in the right direction there. There's a lot of lot of good things coming out of Dallas. And, like, I was really surprised. Like, I guess maybe people weren't looking for keepers, but like, Joe Pavelski went before him. Uh, Spezza, like, who's good, but I wouldn't consider a keeper. Vonick, um I don't know, by the way, Brian, like, when you compare Joe Pavelski to Tyler Sagan, to me, I don't think it's such an obvious choice. Like, Pavelski gets huge minutes on San Jose power play. I think he's a top power play guy, and he's pretty young. That's true. I'm being defensive now because I have Joe Pavelski, but Sagan wasn't available, to be fair. Well, Joe Pavelski's 29. So, I mean, he's in the prime of his career. I'm looking for a guy who can last because, I mean, I've got Patrick Kane who's 24. I've got Eric Carlson, who's 23. And now I've got a, I've got Tyler Sagan, who I think is 22. So like, these are three guys, I don't have to worry about keepers for a long time. So maybe yeah. when the time comes, I can trade away a high draft pick at the end of a season to make a playoff run, knowing that I won't need it to replace a keeper on my team anytime soon. Right. Though I do have to say, Sagan, so far, he's played two games. Again, obviously, it's so hard because it's only two games into the season. So far, though, you know, two shots in two games total, like one assist yesterday against Washington. 
It's with a brand new team in a different conference with new line mates. I'm not, I, I have no worries about him. And plus I'm sort of hoping he'll have the chip on his shoulder being sort of traded and like publicly humiliated, I think a little bit. So you think that t- that's going to make Sagan a better player, better fantasy oh. option? I think, no, I mean, that, it's a silly thing to say that it will, but I'm hoping that maybe, you know, he's right. like, oh, all, all these people say I can't take it seriously. I'm not going to put a lot of stock in it. I mean, even without that, I'd be very happy with him as my long-term keeper. So, Brian, I'm looking at Dallas's last uh, box score from yesterday against Washington. Guess who had the most power play time on Dallas yesterday? Tyler Sagan. Nope. Jamie Benn. Nope. Alex Chason. Nope. Kerry Lettinen. Shut up. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not counting the goalie. Rich Pepper, Ray Whitney. Ray Whitney, that's the answer, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That guy just never ages. No, he doesn't He doesn't stop. He had five shots on goal. But I'm going to tell you why I'm still okay with, like, I don't care if Sagan after, like, has only two shots on goal. Um, like, he played, he's playing 20 minutes a game, roughly. Uh, and his Corsi... Do we know Corsi? Do I, should I Let's not get it? into that this week. Let's do that next week. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say it then, and people can look it up if they don't know. He's Corsi. He's a plus six right now. So I'm okay. He seems to be driving offense is what the, is essentially what, what that's saying. And, and he's a plus four in Fenwick. So he's still on the ice at good offensive moments, and I'm happy with that. He's also starting in the offensive zone um, 40% of the time. So I'll take that too. He's only starting in the defensive zone like one of, every, one of every five face-offs. So I'm happy. I'm not worried. All right, cool. You're going to have to explain maybe next recording. You could tell us what some of these advanced statistics that you use. Because I don't really know what you said. Okay. I think we should probably start wrapping up. Sure. It's been a great chat, man. I'd love to just keep going for a long time. I don't know if our listeners would agree, but you're helping <laughs> me out anyways. No, it's been great, Elon. I think we've had a lot of good... And there's a lot that we wanted to get to, too. But I guess maybe we'll save it for the next time. So that's it. That's been the first episode of... What are we called? Carlson's, the Carlson Keepers? Keeping Carlson. Keeping Carlson. And yeah, we'll catch you next week. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's stop the recording. <laughs>